0: After all the things I have seen. After all the things I have done. I cannot escape the course my life has taken. And beyond redemption. I just hope that you can forgive me someday. Yours sincerely, Anthony
1: Beechworth. The last door. game by the game kitchen. Welcome to Gorilla's Playthrough of The Last Door. Additional character voice acting performed by Renee Kim and Remy Chartier. October
0: 1891.
1: It was all that my childhood friend, Anthony Beechworth had written his letter. It had been many years since I heard that sentence. It was the motto of the science and philosophy group that we had secretly run as students. Back when we were in that secluded boarding school in Scotland, I thought we had left it all behind, like mere childhood memories. That letter was unusual. It could only mean that something awful must have happened. Something that must remain absolutely secret. I had to find out what was going on. Without delay, I took the first morning train to Sussex and made my way to the address on the letter. And there it was, the house of my old friend's family, the Beechworth Manor. Episode 1 The Letter A well-dressed man stands outside of a manor. The sun is setting in the orange sky in the background. The fields surrounding the house stretch majestically, as far as the eye can see. I didn't know Anthony was the owner of such a property. In our inventory, we have one item. A magnifying glass. We control the well-dressed man. And we enter the manor. This is... strange. Everything is silent. It's as if no one's been living here. I'm worried about Anthony. I have to find him. We stand in the foyer. We have a look around. Our coat is hanging on the wall. The only sound around here is the grandfather clock. It sets off in one corner of the room. On the wall is a framed portrait. Is this Anthony? The years have not been kind to him. Below the portrait, we see a note on a wooden table. We have a look.
0: Dear Mr. Beechworth, due to recent events, the situation has become unbearable for us. And, much to our regret, we have no other choice but to leave. We will remain forever grateful for all these years in your service. God bless you, Mr. and Mrs. Brewer.
1: An extravagant red carpet is spread out across the floor. The main room branches off into two halls, one to our left and one to our right. We head left, now upstairs, we can see very little. We stand in what looks to be a hall, it's so dark we can barely see in front of us. To our right, we can vaguely see a door. We try opening it. This door is stuck, it won't open. We try to walk further down the hall. It's too dark. We simply can't go any further. We head back down the stairs into the foyer. And into the second archway. We stand inside of a den. The wallpapers, curtains, and fabric furniture are red. The only light in this room is entering from a tall window on the far wall. Behind us, a machine that plays recorded music. Didn't know that Anthony was such an enthusiast of new inventions. Next to it is a cabinet. It contains glasses and some liquor bottles. There is also a matchbox. We pick up the matches. That large window is wide open. It's letting the cold dusk air in. We exit and head back up the stairs. We attempt using the matches to light our way, but it's not enough. We head back down into the den, and through a door on the right. We now stand in a hallway. On the wall, we see numerous framed pictures, one of a seascape. There is a small boat struggling against the roaring waves. Adjacent to it, a rainy mountain landscape. To the left is a door. Adjacent to it, a large portrait it's crooked we adjust it we adjust it again and again it falls to the ground something was hanging on the wall behind it before we interact with it we decide to examine the rest of the hall another painting this one depicts a deep dark forest a piece of wooden furniture below it we walk past another door we see a small plant and it brings a little life to this place. One more door to our right. Now that we've seen the hall, we head back to the item on the wall. We reach over and grab it. It's an old rosary, a cord of beads with a solid wooden crucifix. We keep it in our inventory, along with the matches we found earlier. We head into the first door we saw and enter what appears to be a dark kitchen. Various plates and pans hang on the wall. We see a large kitchen stove. Atop the stove is a cleaning cloth. Figuring it may come in handy, we pick it up. We place it in our inventory, next to the rosary and matches. We see a wooden kitchen table and one wooden chair. On the table is a plate, has some days old leftovers. Next to it, a variety of herbs and ingredients. door to our right. We unlatch it. We stand outside, in the back of the manor. Blood is spraying from something on the ground. A murder of crows is eating it eagerly. There are so many birds that I cannot see their prey from here. To our left is a garbage bin. Judging by the foul odor, I would say it has not been emptied in a fortnight. We attempt to approach the crows. They're too vicious. Getting too close is too dangerous. A small path leads to the front of the house where we first entered. We head into the back door, into the kitchen, back into the lit hall. and enter a door by the portrait. We stand in the bedroom. To our right a set of drawers. Atop the drawers is a small lamp. We walk across the creaky wooden floor and pick up the lamp. Next to the drawers, a wash basin and some toiletries. Atop an end table we see a note. We pick it up and we have a look.
2: March 1891. Master Antony has made us get rid of our religious objects. What is going on with him? Luckily, I have found a place to hide my rosary. I cannot pray every night without it. May 18th, 1891. Master Antony has been complaining about Alfie. What would a simple cat do to him? He ordered us to keep him out of the house at all times. Still, I cannot let the poor thing starve. He is such a clever cat. Every time I open the window, he knows food is waiting for him. Anyway, I'm worried about Master Anthony. He is growing more and more unlike himself every day. September 15th, 1891. Master Anthony is spending whole days locked in his office. He wants us to leave him food at the door, but he barely eats anything. I'm really worried.
1: Underneath a window on the wall, we notice an empty bowl, like the ones used to feed pets the window so dirty that I can barely see through to the outside. We walk past the rustic bed and back into the hall. We try entering the final door next to us. This door is locked I'm trying to find a key to open this. Now that we have a lamp we head back to the opposite hall. We have a look at our small lamp. It's an oil lamp, not lit. We take our matches and light the lamp. We've now used up the matches. We hold the lamp in our right hand. We cautiously move forward. A large man-sized hole in the wall. It's boarded up by 2x4s. They're firmly nailed down. I cannot remove them with my bare hands. We continue. We can only see a few feet in front of us. Two doors, one to our right and one in front of us. We enter one on the right. We stand in what appears to be a master bedroom. To our left, a double bed from the accumulated dust. I would guess it has not been slept in for a very long time. On an end table a silver key we place it in our inventory along with the rag the rosary and the lamp we see a portrait above a fireplace it's of a gentleman with a serious and inquisitive look the fireplace is black with soot on the far side a tall window leads to a balcony which is shared with the adjacent room next to the window on a small table. We see small photographs, old daguerreotypes, mostly family portraits. We attempt to open the tall window. I cannot open the latch, it is stuck. Perhaps I could do so using a small tool. We make an attempt with our silver key. The key is too thick. I need something thinner to remove the latch. We head back into the hall. and attempt to open the other door. It's locked from the inside. We try our silver key, but it doesn't fit. Thus, we head back down the hallway, past the main entrance, and into the first hall. At the end of the hall, we reach another door past the bedroom. We try the silver key. It fits. We find ourselves in a damp, musky area. It appears to be the basement. Once again, we can barely see in front of us. We take a few slow steps forward and see a record on the floor. I think this is a slate disc record. The sleeve reads, The Carnival of Venice. We pick it up and continue forward. On the ground, we notice a slightly rusted iron crowbar and we add it to our inventory. Behind us and off to the right, we walk past a small pile of firewood, twigs, and chunks of dry bark. Slowly, once again, we walk forward. In front of us is a boiler. Looks like it's been out of use for a long time. We think about prying it open, but cannot see anything interesting enough to justify it? We reach the end here, so we head back upstairs. Past the main entrance and back to the hall on the left. Once again, we stand in front of the door boarded up with plywood using the crowbar we just found. We pry off the nails, then enter the opening. My god, what has happened here? A pale body lies on a bed. Words are written on the walls in blood Leave me alone would have written such a thing on the floor we see a letter we pick it up
2: dear Margaret it has been days since Anthony left his office I can hear him whisper angrily frightfully and it gets worse at night our service left a few days ago without their help and company I'm lost I can barely walk out of bed and not even the doctor will come here after his argument with Anthony my husband developed a horrible ability to break anyone's will. I do not know what to do. I do not have any strength left. I wish I could send you this letter. Your dear friend, Anna Beechworth.
1: On a bed in the corner, we see a lifeless, pale body of a woman. It has been here for a few days. Looks like she is clutching a note in her hand. We read the note.
2: I'm writing what will surely be my final thoughts, my last lines, my last breath. I do not know what kind of dark power he has turned my husband into what he is now, a stranger with a look bereft of all sanity, compassion and human warmth. I do not know what shadow has slowly darkened our lives. I do not know this foreign guest that now dwells in our souls. I do not know where it is from, I am sure it is not from this world. I will meet my brothers and sisters soon. I will be free from this abyss of madness and fear. Soon, I will stop trembling.
1: We pick up a simple, long hairpin. Next to the bed, we see an old wheelchair. Next to it, a diary page.
2: I cannot stand those stairs, they watch me, they judge me, they despise me, I know they think I am not worthy of this family, but who are they but dust and bones, a memory, leave me, I do not need you, leave me alone!
1: On the ground, we see another note.
2: I cannot go on. All is lost.
1: Another door on this side of the bedroom. We open it and walk in. We stand in what appears to be an art gallery. We see numerous tall pictures. The first, a woman of strong features and dark hair. She has a bold look in her eyes. The next, The young Anthony, just like I remember him. A third looks like the woman on the bed. She's holding a baby. Could that be Anthony's child? Another, an old man who bears some resemblance to Anthony, but his countenance is marred by a severe, unsettling gaze. Next to it, a portrait of a young woman, not yet in her 20s, and she stares defiantly back at me. There are also some portraits on the hardwood floor, One of a man with blonde hair. I feel as if I've seen him before. Another propped up next to it. We walk over the creaky floor to have a look. It's a portrait of Anthony, standing beside a mounted wildcat or lynx. The paint looks fresher around the animal's head. While here we look out the window and now see the cause of the noise we've been hearing in here. It's a big raven. It's perched outside the window and it's tapping on the glass with its beak. We exit the gallery. Back into the hall. We walk to the end of the hall, where the locked door was. We attempt to use the hairpin to lock. Can't just force the lock this tough with a hairpin. We head back into the master bedroom and over to the tall exterior door by the fireplace. Using the hairpin, I've managed to spring the latch with ease. We now stand in a clutter-filled room. Off to our right, we see a lynx, mounted and stuffed. This is a fine work of taxidermy. Off to our left, a ladder. On top of the ladder, there is a trap door with a keyhole, reinforced with gold. Above a desk, we see a few press cuttings pinned to the wall. The Illustrated London News, 1887. Judge kills himself under strange circumstances. Another. The Daily Telegraph, 1888. Earl found dead, floating in the Thames. Next to it, The Times, 1889. Famous actor found bled to death in his hotel room. Pinned to the wall is also a map of the region of Sussex, with markings drawn on its surface. Atop another desk, we see some torn out diary pages.
0: They will not bother me anymore. I am done with their censorious gazes, their whispers. It is all ready. There is only one thing left to do now.
1: Adjacent to it, we see a common hammer. It's in good condition. We pick it up. We place it in our inventory. In front of us, we notice some sort of spilled chemical product. It's on the floor, and it smells strongly of vinegar. Next to it, a can of paint thinner. We place it in our inventory. On a desk near the spill, we see remains of chemical experiments. We notice some strange books. They're written in a language unknown to me. We climb up the ladder. This golden force trap door is locked. I need to find the key. We exit back the way we came. Down the main hall. Back down the entrance hall. Into the music room. And walk back over to the record player. I think a recording of sound or music can be played if an engraved cylinder or disc is inserted. but I see no such object in this device. We use the record we found. exit into the right hall. The music has abruptly stopped. We head back inside the music room. The room is now dark red. The curtains are pulled shut. It's dark. Cannot see well the murder of crows have somehow entered the room perched on various objects watching us. We head to the backyard once again where the murder of crows previously were. On the puddle of blood we see a single dying crow not much life left in it. We pick it up and place it in our inventory. In an attempt to help it We try the old rag. There's no point in cleaning its wounds. It does not have much time left. The crow is hurting. So out of mercy. We take the hammer and put an end to the poor creature's suffering. We head back into the bedroom where we found the cat bowl. Attempting to locate Alfie, we place the dead crow in the cat bowl. We exit the bedroom. Head back into the art gallery. We walk over to the portrait of Anthony once again. Again we see the paint looks fresher around the animal's head. We try using our paint thinner, but cannot pour the thinner directly onto the canvas. It would remove every layer of paint, the fresh image, as well as whatever originally lay beneath. Thus, we take our cloth and dampen it with the paint thinner. We use the wet cloth on the portrait. thinner has worked. The fresh paint is gone. I can now see the original painting. The Lynx's mouth is open, as if it were growling. We decide to head back to the garage. We look at the Lynx again. Its mouth is shut, like it was before I revealed the original painting. We check back in on the bedroom, but the crow is still in the cat bowl. We attempt to open the window above the cap bowl. It opens, but falls shut. Looks like the window frame is rotten. and we need some kind of cord to hold the window open. We try using the rosary and we string up the window. It stays in the open position. The cold wind of the evening is a relief in the suffocating atmosphere. We exit the bedroom into the hall. There's something in the distance. It sounds like a lament. We enter the bedroom once again. Where did the crow go? trail of blood now leads from the cat into the tiny dark hole. Back down into the basement. The sound is louder down here. We continue walking. Past the pile of firewood. Past the boiler. We reach the basement wall. The cat seems to be behind this wall. We take our hammer and chip away at the rubble. A black cat is staring at me. Wait, its eyes are missing. Lord, it almost ripped my eyes out. It has run away into the dark. We have a look inside the rubble. There's an open chest, with a dark cloak, a mask, and a knife. This knife could be useful. So we place it away in our inventory. Back the way we came. Into the hallway with the locked door. We try to force it open with a knife, but we can't unlock it. Back to the garage. and approach the stuffed cat. Take our knife. And manage to get the stuffed lynx's mouth open. There's a golden key inside. With the key, we climb up the ladder. Oh God, Anthony. In the dark attic, a man is hanging by a noose around his neck. Behind him, a small circular window. Next to him, a portrait of a woman. Anthony's wife, perhaps. She looks very happy here. The lifeless body of my dear friend. What madness could have led him to commit such an act? There is something in his pocket. It's a sealed letter.
0: Dear J. Devitt, if you are reading these lines, then I am nothing more than a dead body hanging before you. I write to you in the last shreds of lucidity. You are one of my oldest friends, and when I sent the letter asking you to come here, I did not doubt for a moment that you would. Had you failed me this evening, everything would have been lost. I have found myself involved in a series of horrible incidents for reasons beyond my comprehension and sanity i have become a stranger to myself and my closest relatives capable of the most indescribable and atrocious acts i cannot give you any more details at this time i must ask you to go immediately back to the boarding school where we made the pact where we all swore on our honor the sentence that would protect us this letter must not reach anyone else so it is imperative that you destroy it immediately the lives of the rest of the group and yours too are in great danger do not delay they are already waiting for you seeing is believing David. do not forget that always your loyal friend anthony Beechworth.
1: we cover our ears the glass on the window shatters and we watch in horror as the murder of crows peck away at anthony's body Special thanks to Renee Kim, who performed the voice work for Anna Beechworth, and Mrs. Brewer. If you would like to reach out to Renee for work, both her email and Discord are listed below. And thank you to Remy Chartier, who performed the voice work for Anthony Beechworth, and Mr. Brewer. If you would like to reach out to Remy for work, his email is listed below. The adventure continues in Episode 2. Thank you for joining us.